Welcome to the Tips for Your Twenties podcast. My name is Becca and I'm here today to talk about everything alcohol and sobriety related. I am joined by the wonderful Emily who has built a community online helping others that want to take the next step in their sobriety journey as well as sharing her experiences with alcohol over the last few years. This was a really interesting discussion to have and we spoke about everything to do with university drinking culture, the pressures of drinking in your 20s and some tips on how you can cut down your alcohol consumption if that's something that you're looking to do. So I really hope you enjoy today's episode and if you do please make sure to tune in for next week's and hit the subscribe button. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Emily. Very nice to have you here. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me to to join you. You're very, very welcome. I am so excited to be talking about all things alcohol, sobriety, the challenges, the benefits of not drinking um, and the amazing community that you've created. So again, thank you for being here and we'll we'll get cracking straight away by talking all about you and your journey that you've been on. So do you want to explain a little bit about where you started in your sobriety journey? Sure. So I started my journey um, two years ago in February. So 20, 2021, February 21. And I feel like a lot of people in their sobriety journey will have like a moment. It's called like the aha moment where you're like, oh my God, I need to stop. This is it. This was the moment that like peaked. And it wasn't the worst thing that's happened to me during my drinking times but it was the moment that I was like oh my god like this needs to stop I am going to be on a self-destructive path short version I went out on a date got really really drunk he didn't drink I blacked out he then asked me to leave I was in a city that I didn't know didn't have any money my phone was dead somehow got myself home um obviously this was during COVID times so I wasn't really meant to be out and yeah, I woke up the next morning after sleeping for 16 hours and I was just like, what have I done? Like anything could have happened to me. I could have got myself in a very dangerous situation. I was blackout. I didn't know where I was. And it was obviously all the people around me that I was then calling like drunk in a blackout being like, I don't know where I am. I'm lost. Can you come and get me? And I was putting them in a very awkward, not awkward, but sad situation because they were trying to help me and I was just on this self-destructive path. So I woke up the next morning and I was like, that is it, I'm done. Um, so I told everyone, I'm going sober, that's it, I'm done, I'm not drinking again. Obviously they've heard it so many times before when I've woken up the next day, oh, I'm not drinking again, I'm not doing it anymore. But this time I was like, I can't, like, I feel horrendous at the anxiety because then I was thinking about the conversations I'd had the night before, what did I say, what did I do? Because I can't remember any of it. So I went sober, that was it, completely cold turkey. Um. And then I was sober for about six months and then I started dating a guy. And you know when you start dating someone and you go for a few drinks, you get a bit more confident, conversation flows a bit easier. Absolutely. So I started drinking again six months later, but my relationship with it had completely changed. I wasn't blacking out. I was having one or two. So even though I did start drinking again, I was more mindful. I was like more sober curious. But then it got to the point where I was like, why am I doing this again? Like, Obviously, I wasn't getting stupid blackout drunk, but like it was affecting me a little bit. I was still feeling hungover the next day. I still had anxiety. I still don't remember all the conversations we had. And I was just like, I'm not doing this again. This is it. So December the 30th, 2021, 
yeah um I was like that's it I'm I'm fully sober again um so I ended the year sober started the new year sober and then all of last year I was sober and now here we are a year and a bit in that's amazing and it sounds like your journey it wasn't this one day overnight did it it's quite nice that you had a a progression which I think a lot of people think that when they need to go on a sobriety journey that's it over forever cold turkey but actually the journey that you go on can take as long as you need Mm -hmm. can be I don't think I was ready to go fully sober like I did the six months but then I was like oh what if maybe I could try and I did and I'm very open the fact that I was sober and then I did start drinking again um and I think that's very good to be very honest that the the journey isn't a straight line it's not linear and but the thing is it's not it's not what's the word it's not backwards it's still forwards because my relationship with it changed, my mindset changed. I was going to say, so what were you thinking when you went back to drinking? Were you aware of how much you were consuming? Were you aware of yeah. how you were feeling? Were you making sure to sort of reach back in, touch in with yourself and pinpoint yeah. those moments? Yeah, definitely. And I made sure that, I, I'll be honest, like the first time I did start drinking again, so I was dating this guy um, and... I said to him, I was like, I'm sober. And he's like, are you sure you want to have a drink? And I was just like, yeah, like, it's fine. Like, I'll be okay. I've been six months sober. And he was so, like, not, yeah, concerned. He was like, are you sure? Like, I feel bad that it's me that's, like, you're drinking with me. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's my decision. I'm a big girl. And I did feel guilty the next day because I was like, I've done six months. But it would have, it probably would have happened at some point down the line because I wasn't fully done going sober. Um, and I think that's great. I think that's massive growth, massive progression. And I, yeah, I'm glad that I did for then for those six months with him again. And then obviously to end of December, went sober. Amazing. Sounds like, yeah, an incredible journey that you've been on. And mm. something that I think a lot of people should take away with them is to say that can be a long journey if it needs yeah. to be. And, and like I said, it wasn't overnight. And, mm. and from this happening, at what point did you create your online community? I've been on your Instagram, you've built oh. a following. And it's incredible what you're doing and you're trying to help people as well. What point did you create that community? Probably about a month after I went, no, like three weeks to a month after I first went sober. So it was Valentine's Day 21. And then I made it like 7th of March, I want to say. I think I scrolled back the other day. I think it's the 7th of March. I'm going to do like a little post for my two years of sober girl. That's amazing. So people have really followed you through the whole... Yeah, I've got some day one followers that are still like still follow me still talk to me um when I had like what 30 followers they were like one of my first ones and what did you post sort of how you were feeling or just yeah journey itself so I did like an introductory like hi I'm Emily at the time I was living in Cardiff um I'm sober I was 25 just like a little hello and I was very quite reserved at first because obviously I got stories I got so many stories about my drinking and my traumas and my drama and all the situations I've got myself into and at first I was very reserved partly because I didn't want anyone who in real life knew me to see it secondly I didn't want my dad to see it because he knew a lot of the stuff that's happened but I don't think I don't think he understood the fact that I'm sharing it to thousands of strangers online um but then obviously over time my following grew and people were like I relate I'm I understand like you're so vulnerable I get it thank you I'm not the only one and that made that pushed me to then be more vulnerable online and be like I have done xyz and I'm not ashamed but it's it's built me to who I am and it's put me on this journey and it's made me this person compared to this person who I was so yeah I think posting all my vulnerability on there 
grew my following because so many people were able to reach out to me and be like yeah me too a lot of the time we can talk about social media in a negative light but mm-hmm. I think it's a, a real true way of showing how social media has actually helped you on your journey and helped other people too yeah it's held me accountable as well because obviously I made the account three weeks after going sober the first time was posting on it consistently for six months and then I stopped like you'll notice on my account there's a period of six months where I just didn't post and it just wasn't fair for me to be like oh be sober do this do this and like sober quotes when I was still drinking like that's not fair so I went off I just didn't post because I'm not going to lie to myself and I'm not going to lie to the people that's following me so I stopped and then I came back and I, I did actually put a post saying I slipped up I went back to drinking for a little bit however I've learned this from it and you know what that's life that is that's that's everything that we do we start things we stop things and that's the authentic real side of it and for you to come back and say to everybody this is what's happened I think it says more about you and your personal growth than anything Mm -hmm. uh, because you were able to do that I think it's really important to take a step back and think about drinking as a culture and Mm -hmm. in your 20s what do you think makes drinking such a big thing in your 20s or what situations I think it's normalized so much like it's you see these posts on Instagram these memes and stuff and it's like oh I'm so hungover let's have a coffee and this and that and like that you normalize hangovers you normalize feeling shit you normalize like going out drinking 10 shots and gin time and wine time it's five o'clock somewhere that's not normal like if you actually take a step back and look at it you're actually advertising and promoting yourself to give yourself anxiety depression illnesses like mental health issues why are you normalizing that and like it's the norm for like you to go to uni and go to freshers week and get absolutely blackout drunk why are you there for an education and I know that makes me sound like I'm preaching like boring but you like you've worked so hard to go to university why are you screwing it up and going to get absolutely blackout drunk in your first week before I went to university I hadn't had much to do with alcohol I was yeah. very um, late to the game I never went to clubs before I could and yeah. I had never really experienced the alcohol culture so when I went to university like you said that freshers week it hit me hard yeah and it was it was a lot for my body my body couldn't cope with it but it was like you say normal yeah and that's, that's the issue. And anybody that wasn't drinking, you'd think, well, why aren't they drinking? They're boring. And this is the, yeah. the worst part of it, isn't it? And I was part of that. And I will and I will say, yeah, I'll take, put my hands up and say I was probably part of that group that thought anybody else not drinking. Was well, when I, I'll hold my hands up and say that I was like always the last one standing on a night out being like, why are you going home? Don't go home yet. And I shouldn't have done that, but... That was the mindset I was in. I wanted to be the fun party girl that the night never ended. I always chased the end of the night and the end of the night always ended up in someone's kitchen. Absolutely. <laughs> well, a large part of your 20s, my um, my family aren't massive drinkers. And so I didn't grow up with a lot of alcohol around. And I feel like that contributes to, to why I, before uni, I didn't try it as much as I did. But I think yeah. I can imagine if you're somebody that grows up in a household where alcohol is present a lot, you that mm-hmm. could possibly influence your consumption in your 20s too yeah definitely um my mum suffered with alcoholism um so I was around it from as as young as I can remember um but she always made a a conscious effort to hide it 
Okay. So I always saw it as a bad thing. Um, and then that obviously caused problems between me and her, um, that I saw alcohol as a bad thing. And I know there's obviously some sort of underlying reason as to why I then went that direction. Um, I'm sure that's something I will discover in in months to come when I continue working on these inner things. Um, but yeah, I was around alcohol a lot as a child um, with my mum's problems with it. So I'm sure there is a link. There is a correlation somewhere. There's there's definitely a lot of factors that can influence your drinking and why it's such a big part within your 20s. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot of pressure in your 20s to be part of the norm, which is that yeah. drinking culture and to go out, like you said, to bot- bottomless cocktails and mm-hmm. drinks like that, that you go on holiday and you drink your whole of your holiday and things yeah. like that. And those pressures can can have a lot. What, what can that do to somebody in your 20s, do you think? Um, I think that it can make them feel like they are they are normal and that it's expected of them. Um, I think that it can also cause a lot of mental health issues early on um, that you, you take into your late 20s um, because you don't learn to deal with your emotions through like your early 20s. You start going through like your first proper relationships, your degree getting like people around you on Facebook, like it's split between two people. It's people that have babies and get married in their early twenties, or there's the people that are then starting like their business, they're buying a house and you're just like, I'm still partying and drinking. Like I can't, do you get what I'm trying to say a little bit? And yeah, Yeah. there's a lot of pressures generally in your twenties. And so you can sometimes use drinking as a fallback to be like, this is who I am. And this is how I go and have a good time and things like that. And you're just basically like suppressing your emotions and not dealing with the things immediately. And then obviously in months to come and years to come, you're just like, whoa, I've got so much I still need to deal with. And it, yeah, it affects you mentally a lot. Um, I think it, yeah. You, and then obviously being sober, you have to then address these feelings that you've suppressed sober and it's hard. A hundred percent. And what advice can you give to somebody who is being peer pressured into drinking where they're actually thinking, this isn't what I want to do, but all their friends are saying, come on, come on, you can do this. I think literally just say no, because so many people will respect you. And when I actually first went sober, I maybe like a couple of months in, I started telling people like, nope, I'm not drinking. I'll come to the house party. I'll come out, but I'm having like soda and lime or I'm having a mocktail. And then I actually had a couple of girls come to me, like that are good friends that I used to party with, being like, oh, actually, I, I respect what you're doing. Like you've made me think about my consumption. Like I want to go sober. I want to do this. I want to follow your sober girl account. And then they questioned their relationship with alcohol. And some of them have gone sober since, but it just made people think about it and speak out because everyone's like, got this whole normal idea about it but when you go against the norm people are like oh I can speak out too I've been feeling like this but I don't want to be the first one to be seen as the the weird sober girl it's not and it's not and like I think as you get older you you talk about more serious situations like over dinner with the girls you start talking about like yeah more adult conversations and if you want to go sober people accept it absolutely yeah, it's more more people accept it than you actually realise. And if you speak out about it, you'll definitely open a few more people's eyes around you and they'll they will really see 
I agree. It's definitely set, setting those boundaries for yourself. And yeah. I, I, at the start of my journey, because so, I would say I'm probably at the start of my journey where I've overcome that hurdle of caring yeah. what other people think about me. For a long time, I was drinking because I didn't want to be called boring. And I was drinking because I thought I would be judged if not. And I got a lot of, well, if you're not drinking, why? What's wrong with you? Are you pregnant? Oh, yeah questions like that and I thought that's madness so then I would just for ease just drink to fit it in but I wasn't really acknowledging it you think though like why are these people saying to you why are you not drinking like you consuming a liquid does not affect them so are they projecting how they feel onto you because you're you're as a physical being are the one is the one consuming the the alcohol that doesn't affect them so why are they getting so, because they're the only one drinking and in yeah. the head deep down, they know that it's the not. projection of their own insecurity towards yeah. alcohol in a way. Yeah, absolutely. It's, projection. it's their own inner feelings as well, because what you do shouldn't affect how they feel because you've set your own personal boundaries and that's for your own sake, your own mental health, your own productivity, your own feelings. And yeah, it's, it's, it's you as a person. It's not up to them. Definitely. And if somebody's at that point where, like myself, mm. you've made that choice, you've set the boundaries and you're like, no, I'm not going to let somebody else dictate what I do yeah. with that towards alcohol. What benefits will I start to see from lowering my consumption? You will see, you will have better productivity. You'll be more clear in your head. Um, you'll also start filtering out like your true friends because like the one, the per, like the friend that's always like, why are you not having one? Oh, just have one. They'll filter off because they'll keep doing their own thing and you'll do your thing. And at the end of the day, the only thing you actually have in common is drunk talking over a bottle of wine. Like Absolutely. you don't really have a, a deep connection. Um, so those friends will filter off. Your true friends will stay. And even if they are still drinking, they'll support you. And they'll be like, oh, I got you a bottle of alcohol-free Prosecco here you go for the table and they won't make a scene. They'll just make you feel included and they're your true friends. And then from that process, you will feel in yourself like much happier, much more connected, much more grounded. And you will have bad days, but those bad days, you'll be able to like feel your emotions. And if it means you're not doing anything that day, you've just got to sit with yourself in silence and just think that's okay. Because at the end of the day, you're not waking up tomorrow with a hangover with 10 times worse feelings absolutely and sometimes we can wake up and we go oh I haven't got a hangover but what you're not realizing is there's so many effects physically and what's mm. happening to your body that you cannot see and there's so yeah. many things that are happening there's there's lots of podcasts which I might actually recommend um, with this that I've listened to recently because we tend to think of the effects of a hangover and yeah. what that is but what is that actually doing to our bodies and how long does it actually take to recover? And a lot of people be very surprised to the awful effects it has on your body um, that you're not aware of too. So um, yeah, definitely there are going to be lots of benefits when you stop drinking or at least lower your consumption in comparison to what you are now. Yeah. I like to be devil's advocate on this one and yeah. I like to talk about both sides and what what could possibly be the negatives towards mm. not drinking or some challenges that somebody might face where you think actually is this worth it so there will be days where you just think oh is it could I just have one is it worth it and you will get those cravings and you will get like if you've had a really bad day at work you might just think oh I'll have a glass of wine which is what you used to do and now you know that you can't 
and you have to just remind yourself that it is always worth it to not drink like you won't wake up tomorrow and think oh I wish I had a hangover oh I wish I had a headache because you've had an early night you've slept it off but there will be days where you've had a craving or a bad day or you've been invited to a party and you just know that you can't because you're feeling like you might slip up but it's okay to say no and like you might feel like you're missing out immediately but in the long run you're not it's it's worth it to just keep pushing through but there will be that bad days and you feel your emotions I, I maybe at the beginning more a lot stronger than you would of whilst you were drinking because your emotions are raw exactly it could be we relate as well a lot of situations to alcohol so like I said before you go on holiday or on a Friday yeah. um after you finish work if you've had a hard day yeah. we, we relate a lot of those things to alcohol and so then getting out of that habit I think is something that people might want to start to work on first and capture yeah. themselves when they get to five o'clock on Friday going I'm um, doing that thing where I think I need it when yeah. actually I don't yeah five o'clock on Friday was the hardest really? and especially yeah. like living in London now even now two years down the line I finished work in London and I walk through central London and there's all these bars and like glasses of red wine and like the smoking area with the heaters and like people got cute little blankets around them and I'm just like, oh, I would love to go join you guys. And I can, but I can have alcohol-free options. And I know it's not always the same because a part of me still is like, oh, what if? Yeah. I know that I'm on this journey for a reason. And I know that it's my journey and it's for me personally to get through this and to become the person that I was meant to be. So it, there are triggers around you all the time. It's hard you've just yeah you just get through it and you just know you've got to keep reminding yourself I think as well it's worth talking about the coping mechanism that people use yeah. alcohol for because um a lot of people like I say with five o'clock on Friday they use it to cope for a hard day or if they're going through a difficult time and that can actually be one of them the most I think high reasons as to why somebody cannot stop and cannot yeah. cut down their consumption because they're using it as a coping yeah. mechanism what can you can you expand on that and say anything about that so I used to make at the beginning of my sobriety, and even now, um, I love um, I love plans the next morning. But right at the beginning, my first month, especially when I first first went sober, I had plans every single weekend, every single Friday night. I would literally like fr Saturday, I'd Friday night, I'd be like, right, sober friend or friend that I knew wouldn't mind not drinking tonight. I'd be like, let's go to the cinema, let's go for dinner, let's go do a big Tesco shop, let's go for a drive, let's go to Starbucks. And then Saturday morning, I'd be like, right, who wants brunch with me? Who wants to go for a walk? Who wants to do this? And I had plans every single like peak time for a month. And I was so busy, but I loved it because it meant that I had something to look forward to. I meant I had to go to bed early. And it also meant I spent quality time with people. And it also put it on other people to be like, oh, I'm seeing Emily on Saturday morning at half past nine. I'm going to go to bed early and then we're going to have a nice wholesome walk together. And I, yeah, my one advice for avoiding the 5 PMs or the Saturday nights is make tomorrow plans. That, yeah, yeah. That helps you to, to get to that point. You you said before about as well, going into the pub on a, on a Friday and mm -hmm. you have a soda and lime. What drinks can you say are good replacements for um, alcoholic drinks um, in the pub or something like that? So I love a soda and lime, maybe because I'm cheap and it's literally like some, par some bars and pubs are free. They're like, oh, go and have one. 
Sometimes they're 50p. Sometimes they're £1.50 in London. And I'm just like, hmm. You can imagine the price of alcohol in London is extortionate. Oh. I'm not in, I'm Midlands, so I think we're probably okay. Oh, I, I, I spent my, like, late teens to uni in Derby. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm also Midlands. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss the cheap prices of the Midlands. Um, but, yeah, I think soda and limes um, are my absolute go-to. Sometimes I will have an alcohol-free recorder leg or copperberg. They're nice because they are I love that lovely. Copper, I like the copperbergs. Yeah. yeah, they're very similar. And at the beginning of your sobriety, if you're one of those, I was. I didn't like people knowing that I wasn't drinking at first. I would put it in a pint glass, and you just look like you're drinking a recorder leg, so no one questions you. Uh, what else would I have? I see. I've yet to find an alcohol-free wine in a pub or a bar. In Tesco's, you can get one, but I've not found one yet in a pub, which is a bit of a shame because I would love a glass of wine, like, in that setting. Yeah, I'm a soda and lime girl. Like, that's what I'll go to. And then sometimes they put it in, like, a fancy glass with, like, a lime and a straw and you look like you're drinking, like, a gin and tonic. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that restaurants and bars are becoming more open towards it all as well? Yeah, I think so. Um, Especially, like, dry jan over the last couple of years, I really think bars and pubs are pushing it which is great because it it's normalizing it it's normalizing sobriety and you haven't got to be pregnant to be not drinking or you haven't got to be on antibiotics not drinking if you don't want to drink they're like cool here you go here's the alcohol free menu and there's no questioning like I've been in places before a couple of years ago when I went sober and I would be like oh have you got any mocktails and they're like sure you don't want to like a shot of vodka it's an extra two pounds and I'm like no yeah and it's <laughs> And it just Absolutely. makes it a little bit awkward. Like people that if they if they literally just normalized it, like I don't want to drink alcohol, like you say, and I don't eat meat, people don't question it. No, exactly. Absolutely. And I, I can just think on my own journey that I have been on. Um, I've been on for somebody who doesn't quite want to say no to people. Yeah. Um, I've been focusing a lot on my um sort of physical strength. I've been running a lot. And yeah. one of the things I say to people is what's the point of me training for all of these things if I'm going to go and then drink afterwards exactly. and, and it's pushing my progress back. So I, I feel like that's always quite a nice sort of reason to say to people, if you, if you're fo wanting to focus on yourself and your fitness and your health yeah. to somebody, it's not going to make me feel good tomorrow. And I've got a, a training session. Nobody's nobody normally bats an eyelid at that yeah. because can they say you wanting to better yourself and you wanting exactly. to look after your body and, and actually that's the most important thing, isn't it? yeah 100% off topic a little bit but with like sports stuff what's your opinion on seeing like either at people run a marathon and it's like offered like a free pint at the end of the marathon or like when people say oh I'll, um is it is it gin o'clock to like run and like have you seen like the logos and stuff that combine Absolutely. out sports what, what, what I find the most frustrating is when somebody says that they're going to do exercise to mm. earn their alcohol at the end so you'll go and do a gym session so that you can burn enough calories and things like oh. that to have a have a drink and it's so so sad because that's again become normalized are you are you actually working on your body here to improve you, you physically or are you drinking because I feel like that they don't come together very well in my opinion and again with alcohol being advertised everywhere as like a reward like have you seen birthday cards trying when I first went sober I was very, very careful to buy people birthday cards that didn't include alcohol on them, even if they still drank, because I didn't want to be like, I'm sober, but here's a birthday card with alcohol in it. 
why are birthday cards so surrounded by alcohol? Like, why does it need to have a bottle of Prosecco on it? Why can't it have a cute kitten or something? Do you know what I mean? You think about buying somebody a present as well, who maybe you, you're yeah. close to and you think, oh, just easy, get them a bottle of wine or yeah. get them a bottle of Prosecco. I mean, it's an easy option, isn't yeah. it, really? And you have to stop yourself and think, actually, are they actually going to want this? And yeah. is it going to benefit them? Probably not. Um, I think it should be normalised more that you don't need to use alcohol as like an easy advertisement or an easy present. Like, be creative. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's worth saying to people as well that if yesterday you were drinking and you were doing all these things that we're t- we're talking about, and today you've made a decision to change, that doesn't that doesn't take away anything from you. People can't change that. It's a it's a growth journey because I definitely thought well it was only a couple of months ago I was going out for a gin taste yeah. experience and now I'm wanting to make a change and I think that's that's part yeah. of the journey isn't it yeah it doesn't matter if you decide you want to go sober tomorrow and then you slip up in a week and then you go sober again it doesn't matter it's your journey it's not going to be linear yeah. but it's never you're never going to go even if you go back to you're still more forward than you were 100%. so it's always you're always moving in a progressive line somehow forwards it doesn't need to be an all or nothing in yourself either to anyone it's your journey if you're if you know you're doing this for your own benefit and you're making your own progress and you slip up or you don't slip up or it does not matter you do not need to explain yourself to anybody I completely agree I think this leads me to my last question unfortunately I really enjoyed this chat but I, I like to leave people with something they can take away that they can do today. Yeah. So what one step could somebody take today if they want to start their sober journey? Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to wake up tomorrow and never drink again, but how can they cut down? What's something they can do today to help them cut down? I would say telling people. Um, when I first, first went sober, I did the typical, I'm going sober, blah, 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 and people didn't believe me. But the fact that I'd spoken about it and I didn't just keep it to myself, people actually were there and they're like how are you feeling do you want to go out tonight but let's go for a cinema let's go to the cinema or something and like being very open about how you're feeling and your journey and the fact that you are wanting to change something people around you will make it be more conscious about making you feel comfortable and holding you accountable and yeah I think telling close people and being very open about it and even making a sober account you haven't got a post you haven't even got to post your face just watching other people around you do it around you and talk about their struggles or their feelings or their progress, it helps. Um, so yeah, make an account and follow some people that are on the same journey and talk to people. I love that. And I, I speak about this a lot with everything that you have going for your 20s. You, you're able to pick who's in your community. You're able to pick who you hang out with and and surround yourself with like-minded people so that you can support each other and if there's somebody that's not quite sharing the same values as you unfollow yeah exactly you can you can unfollow block them and if they're family members you just you can distance yourself you don't need to talk to them about those things no, you don't at all um i i told my dad about stuff in passing when things had happened and then obviously i made my account and it made us a lot closer because eventually he started seeing like the, the real vulnerability stuff that I was posting. And he was just like, thank you for being so honest. And like, it's made us so much closer because now there's nothing he doesn't know. And there's nothing that he judges me on because 
I'm being vulnerable and honest and that's the things I went through and now he's he understands that's amazing your your journey has led you to an amazing community what's next for you where do you want to take your your community now so I'm actually currently doing a life coaching course so I'm going to become a life coach Um, just because I feel like I've got so much experience from my sober journey from things that happened before my sober journey to how I've got to the person I was to who I am now I want to help people more than just replying to a DM or being like giving them the basic advice I want to be able to delve deeper I want to help myself in this journey I want to help other people and I just think being a life coach can help so not even just sobriety because I want to be a mindset coach and I feel like this positivity and this like direction and goals and motivation I think I have so much to give so life coaching by the mid 2023 incredible that's not long <laughs> no no I'm I'm getting there and starting my course and yeah oh congratulations I was really excited to sit, like share your journey with you as well and um if people want to follow what's your um community called it's sober girl club sober girl club lovely on tiktok and same on tiktok amazing well thank you again for coming on to today's podcast i really enjoyed talking to you and obviously all of the things that we're talking about i'm able to relate to myself as well but equally i'm on this journey of i'm still drinking alcohol at the moment but my consumption is lower and we can all relate to certain parts this isn't us saying we don't need to drink at all but i think it's worth educating people and sharing the experiences too yeah and when you feel like you are fully ready to go sober you'll make that decision in yourself and the the day you'll you'll wake up one day and you'll be like I'm done but until then it doesn't it doesn't matter it's your journey and it's your progress amazing thank you again I've really enjoyed it and everyone please go and give Emily a follow (laughs) amazing thank you so much bye guys bye